Hey, y'all. Eleanor Kennedy coming at you with another teaser episode of our Women of Influence podcast. In a few minutes, you'll be hearing from Casey McCarty, CEO of the Idea Foundry. Casey and I had a great conversation that touched on all sorts of big topics, moving from operations to executive leadership, having tough conversations about money, and criminal justice, because why not? You'll hear that full conversation next week, but as always, we wanted to share a little preview to get you psyched for more. But before that kicks off, I once again, I'm going to use this space for the little news you can use. And this time, it's a little bit newsier than my recent Dolly Parton rundown. Let's talk about L Brands. This week, the company behind Victoria's Secret, Pink, and Bath and Body Works held its annual investor meeting at Easton Town Center. If you've been following our coverage for the past several months, you'll know that the sailing hasn't exactly been smooth for the house that Les built. This summer has brought a lot of negative headlines for L Brands, including not only the fiscal performance of Victoria's Secret, questions about the future of its signature fashion show, but also Les Wexner's ties to convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein, who killed himself in jail this summer while in custody on newly filed sex trafficking charges. Wexner addressed the latter during this week's meeting. You can read more about what he had to say on our website. But it's a different L Brands headline that I wanted to touch on to kick off today's podcast, this one in Bloomberg News. The headline, Victoria's Secret Men Lay Out Female-Driven Turnaround Plan. The story focused on how Victoria's Secret is trying to cultivate this turnaround for a product designed for women, all while being run by men. It talks about the brand's history as a place where a man could shop for his wife, made famous in the social network, of course, but also its need to compete with more female-friendly brands in this here modern era and reinvent itself with a more inclusive vibe. According to Bloomberg, a handful of investors at this week's meetings noticed a disconnect in that message being delivered by, you guessed it, a man. John Mihas, Victoria's Secret CEO, who told the crowd, quote, we need to be led by her for her, end quote. The tension of that message being delivered by a man is something Wexner addressed, per our reporter Tristan Navarra, quipping that previous CEOs of the brand have been women and the company, quote, doesn't want to discriminate, end quote. I'll admit I'm not fully sure what to make of this. On the one hand, I don't think a male-centric brand would need to be run by a man, and I think in many cases, if you suggested that, there'd be some real pushback. But I can also see the case that women are already severely underrepresented in corporate leadership. Check out our reporter Carrie Gosh's cover story from earlier in the year on that. And if you're a company explicitly trying to shift your image to a female focus, having a woman in charge might be a boon. Not to mention the natural diversity of ideas research shows results from getting more gender parity in the boardroom. It's a topic I want to talk and think about more, particularly on this podcast. Feel free to email me or tweet me. Any Kim Possible fans out there are welcome to call or beep me, and I'll be sure to broach the topic with future guests as well. It's an idea closely related to something Casey from the Idea Foundry and I discussed as she told me about taking on a leadership role in the heavily male-dominated maker industry. Listen on for a snippet of that conversation with more to come in next week's full interview. I would say it's pretty closely even split without like finger counting who's what. I mean, it's always it's always been pretty. Um, we we definitely have more female representation than say the average maker space. Yeah, right? well, that, and that's what I was going to ask. Kind of the I guess the maker industry is that an industry that tends to be more male dominated? Yeah, or has... it's deeply it's deeply male dominated. There, I recall reading a study where it was like two percent of women were in leadership roles, like board roles 
or staff roles of leadership um, across the country in maker spaces. Mm -hmm. And I would say that's probably pretty close to what I observe when I speak at conferences or I'm otherwise sort of in our industry groups. It is mm -hmm. very, very male dominated. Is that something that has an impact on you or that you think about? Or is it just sort of, that's just what the industry is, you know, and you just kind of go about your business? I would say there's there's something cautionary to fear, like walking into a male-dominated space and say like, oh, this is going to get weird. When I started taking over uh, and sort of like, you know, as, as a brand new to the Idea Foundry person, the old Idea Foundry that I was coming into and I was volunteering and it was sort of like, mm, I'm going to start cat wrangling and implementing some things. And I barely had a claim to any sort of authority other than the founder was like, yes, please help. <laughs> um, but we, you know, we didn't really have well-defined titles or anything at that point. And, you know, I could see things that could be improved in systems because that is sort of where my brain is like looking for inefficiencies and looking at how things work together and are related to each other that maybe it doesn't seem at first blush that they're related or connected. And I think that's what I do really well. And I was going in, I was like, oh, I'm just going to be that chick that strolls in and starts telling people like what to do. And they're going to hate that because they're going to be like, who even is she? <laughs> she doesn't know how to use any of these tools or tech, right? Because I had been taught, like they had taught me how to use things like the laser or the shop otter or the woodworking tools. And I'm not particularly great at them. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> like I'm not, I don't have particular like competence. Like I could not build the, the type of furniture that we are making. Like I did not have street cred, so to speak. And I was like, I was just expecting all of this pushback or sort of a diminutive response to me. And that's not what I encountered at all. Like people, the members, overwhelmingly male members at the time, like they wanted it to be successful. And... Uh, they they were grateful that someone was sort of taking an initiative or taking responsibility for doing the sort of hard work of getting people all moving in the same direction. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I sort of reflected on that later. It was like oh, all these sort of anxieties about being in this overwhelmingly male-dominated space didn't end up coming to fruition. Mm -hmm. And I think that it, it's a progressive sort of people, people who are entrepreneurs, people who are creatives, don't really encounter a lot of sort of toxic sexism or yeah. anything anything like that. Um, if anything, it is almost like I'll get a hearty chortle about it when I encounter it in the wild. Um, so my COO, uh, Jack Story, and I've gone and taken some meetings uh, with other people from cities that are, say, interested in creating a makerspace. And um, it'll be sort of overwhelmingly older white men that'll do this and they'll ask a question and I will answer the question and then they'll like awkwardly lean like around me if we're even on the same side of the table to like look at Jack <laughs> like like just waiting for him to repeat what I've just said to sort of validate it uh -huh. um, and that'll be like the milder version we've had a like a, a couple more egregious examples <laughs> of it just like being blatant but it is sort of like oh I forgot that that's a thing. Right? <laughs> I forgot that this is a thing. And what do you do in that instance? Just sort of carry on as though nothing has happened? Or, or do you address it when there's sort of those... You know, yeah, it really... I mean, it sort of depends. Uh, if it's sort of accidental sexism, <laughs> right? 
I might let it slide until the behavior starts to get, uh, you know, a little more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, it's not like these are bad people. Like, they're just not aware of it. They're like, oh, I had this expectation that the Casey who runs a makerspace that I was going to talk to was going to be a dude. Mm-hmm. And now there's this lady showing up, and I don't really know what to do with that in my brain. But that's not like a conscious choice that people are making. And then mm-hmm. I think a lot of times over time as we're having conversations, and then they're like, oh, okay, you're just like the expert in this, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. And, and they'll warm up to that. Like I said, there's been a couple more egregious where it's like you're not converting anybody to like the error of their ways. Yeah. And so I don't know. It's just like, well, we are not doing business with that company or that person or whatever because like you're making bad business choices Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) you just just are Mm -hmm. 